Welcome to the Professional Ag Marketing Podcast. If you want a deep dive into the ag markets and risk management strategies, your search is over. Come here after every Friday to get your weekly commodity recap. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's get started. Today is March 4th. I've got Pat with us here today. How's it going today, Pat? Good afternoon, Mike. Doing well. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk a little about the uh, medieval invasion in modern times today. How's that sound? Interesting topic. I uh, uh, I want to uh, spend a, a, a little bit of time today uh, just trying to provide a little bit of discussion or perspective on what uh, is uh, what the potential ramifications are going forward here as it relates to this Russian-Ukraine conflict. And there's going to be all kinds of analysis and opinions on you know, what the corn market's going to do next week or what impact that might have on hogs and, and all of those things. And I, I'm uh, certainly happy and willing and have been all week long engaging in those discussions, which is uh, uh, been very interesting, but having a conversation, Mike, about um, about uh, just the what what really is uh, the, the the ramifications from a from a longer term perspective of this this conflict that's taking place uh, in uh, uh, between Russia and 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 Ukraine and and uh, in the region in the region of uh, Europe and and Russia. Awesome. Well, let's get started, go over a little bit of the timeline here, and uh, just see where your thoughts started with all this, kind of how they, how your reactions were through the beginning stages of this uh, conflict or war, whatever you want to call it, and uh, kind of how commodities <clears throat> reacted or historically react in these kind of environments. Right. So initially, uh, I think it was last Wednesday night uh, when the the, uh, the first uh, uh, shells started flying through the air, uh, the initial reaction in the commodity markets was bullish and the thought process was is that as the russians invade the ukraine region that you know there would be some disruptions for some period of time as it relates to world trade flow and grain flow and perhaps uh, oil flow those sorts of things and then as the night progressed on that night uh, uh, it became increasingly obvious that this was more than just a, a bit of a warning shot. Uh, the the Russians were invading seven different places at uh, at the same time. Um, it was uh, quickly escalating from conflict to something uh, much more significant and serious than that. And then at that point, we saw a little bit of a not a little bit, kind of a big sell off in commodities, and uh, in which. I guess makes some sense too. I, you know, it it uh, um, regardless of the impact that uh, a conflict or a war might have on uh, on world uh, grain trading flow. Um, there's generally the attitude that you'd rather sort of a risk off sort of an attitude. You'd rather not be involved or engaged or invested in commodities in times of uh, geopolitical conflict, and so so. Really, in a 24-hour period, we saw these markets sort of trade both phenomenons to, you know, disrupt to, to grain trade because of conflict. Uh, now, sell off. We just uh, risk off attitude because of a, 
of a, a war. So, um, so we saw that in a 24 hour period. And then since then all kinds of fireworks, of course, and all of these commodities as it's become, uh, increasingly apparent that the, uh, supply of, uh, of, uh, commodities that, that normally would, would, would come out of that area of the world is, is not going to be available for some period of time. And some of that is, is, is real stuff. Uh, you know, Mike, the, uh, there's, there's about 13 million corn acres in Ukraine. Um, Iowa is 12.9. So they have the same, about the same number of corn acres as what Iowa does. Uh, but interestingly, they, they export 1.3 billion bushels of corn equivalent a year. And we export about 2.4. So they make a significant contribution, uh, to the world trade. I guess a bit of a reminder from a, a strategy perspective as to why the, the why Russia is interested in that that landmass, but um, it does, does make a significant contribution to the world trade. In addition to that, they have 18 million wheat acres as well, and also a large percentage of that uh, gets exported to other parts of the world. And so, um, and so when you, I guess, consider just from a, a physical, literal sort of a thing, uh, the likelihood of the availability of supply from that area of the world is going to be limited for an extended period of time. Uh, the marketplace also is worried or considering, uh, and, I, and appropriately so, the uh, ability for them to plant this year's crop. Um, spring is, is over the next 30 to 60 days, just mm-hmm. like us, right, Mike? So, so it's, uh, um, it's, uh, and there's, there's, I mean, just logical, real life sort of things. Like, I'm not sure if I want to be planting wheat when there's, uh, you know, tanks on the road beside me, or can I call up my local co-op and, uh, and get a, uh, get a diesel truck to deliver fuel to me in the middle of a war to, to, to put it in my four wheel drive, my Steiger or whatever, you know? So, um, talk about the problem of uh, getting your commodity or product sold at the end of it. It's like the co-op could be blown up. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, or the ship at the port isn't going to show up. Uh, And I would just not to pile onto that sort of observation, but I do think it's worth noting that the same challenges also likely, similar challenges also likely could occur in Russia as well. And yeah. so, I mean, their, their trade will also be disrupted, which I is the real point of this conversation as it relates to trade sanctions and those sorts of things as we go forward here. But the reality of, you know, there's some Russian wheat farmer that uh, the camshaft went out of his Deutz Alice this week, and, and uh, he's probably not going to be able to order parts from Germany and get them flown over to his, uh, to his shop anytime soon. So there's just in, in the reality of things as it relates to production and the movement, the normal movement of goods and, and um, uh, products is going to be, be limited pretty significantly. But the other part of that that I wanted to, to talk through here just a little bit is, and again, back to the title, uh, Medieval Invasion in Modern Times. I find it um, I find it interesting from a bit of a of a more one step back, and I like to think up perspective. Of um, are we uh, are we still doing this? Like are are we just gonna gonna like load up uh, our machine guns in a tank and and head over uh, to our neighbors and and try to steal some dirt from them? Um, I thought that's something that we did in the old days and, uh, and, uh, to, uh, try to pull this off in the day and age of social media and to try to pull this off 
in a, in uh, in Europe. You know, when I mean, we we got machine guns firing, trying to steal dirt from our neighbors. Sometimes, in some cases, our cousins. Is just just mm-hmm. to, as a reminder. Um, and and our neighbors are in Poland and Germany. And I and I I think it's a, a little bit easier for Western civilization to not pay as much attention to these things if it happens to be happening in places like Africa or Rwanda or Afghanistan. But I don't know that we're going to be able to ignore too much of this that's going on, especially as it progresses, this conflict that's now a war progresses. And if there's more loss of human life, if there's more atrocities that that happen to civilians, um, I don't know that the West is going to be terribly tolerable of such things. And so, um, so then it makes you wonder, how do we get out of this deal? And I think a couple of weeks ago on our podcast, we talked about this. I don't know how the, the Russian-Ukraine conflict, even back then, was going to just somehow not end up being a thing, right? Yep. Putin wasn't going to back down. Is he going to back down now? It's going to be pretty hard for him to every step he takes. It's yeah. harder to take a step back. More committed every day. Exactly. And every day that that happens in the fight, in the harder the Ukrainians fight, uh, the more damage that it causes, the more oppulsive it is to the West. And mm-hmm. so um, let me just say this one more uh, different way, if I could. Uh, the other day uh, I heard that uh, the U.S. government isn't willing to impose more sanctions on Russia at this time, specifically uh, stopping buying uh, crude oil out of out of Russia because they don't think that you know, U.S. citizens are willing to pay that price. And I'm not so sure that that's true. I'm not so sure that U.S. citizens or for sure private enterprises um, aren't willing to be more aggressive in placing sanctions on Russia than what the European Union is today or the U.S. government is today. I think what, as we move forward here that it's going to become um, increasingly um, easy for consumers, for companies, and for governments of Western civilizations to say, you know what, we will do without their crude oil you know what, we will figure out a way not to not to utilize the natural resources that are available to the rest of the world in the Ukraine in exchange for the atrocities to stop occurring that are occurring today in the Ukraine region. And so when we think about that, we I want to think about it from a little bit longer term, bigger picture, global perspective and say, you know what, there's really only three places on the planet that produce food that aggressively are able to supply other places in the world. One, we're blessed to be in the middle of in the United States, mm-hmm. right? United States and Canada. Um, Brazil and Argentina is the other breadbasket. And that third breadbasket is the Russian-Ukraine region. The rest of the world rev- largely relies upon those three breadbaskets for their food. And so um, so this is a, this is a little bit, uh, a lot bigger deal than a conflict between uh, Russia and the Ukraine, and the rest of the world is now paying attention. And so, I'm I'm uh, I'm curious if there's an out that allows for all of these things to sort of settle back in and allow for what world trade was as it relates to energy and food 
uh, as recently as two weeks ago. But it's hard to figure out what that out is. And so I suspect that we're uh, all in the middle of uh, trying to figure out um, the this current disruption that's taking place, how that permanently alters our trading partners from a food and energy perspective, and what ramifications that has on the commodities that we produce here in the U.S. Interesting. A few of the talking points that I was kind of running through while uh, you were uh, going through that, you know, the national gas average for the U.S. was $3.66 last week, probably going to be over 4 bucks. it sounds like, this week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start finding some of those things out pretty quick, and this is without any sanctions on that yet. Uh, you know, I had a friend from the Valley send me a picture today, and it's like 5 and a half to 6 bucks for gas over there. Um, so we'll, it's doesn't seem to be getting any cheaper buying gas at the pump here going forward the next few weeks you know uh, we're seeing commodities reach some major highs 14 year highs for the wheat markets uh, crude oils up to about two thir- 2013 levels um, we're gonna start finding out how important some of those things are like you mentioned are um, coming forward in other aspects rather than just corn and wheat for example russia is the biggest supplier of palladium and the third largest producer of oil nickel and aluminum it is also a top exporter of coal and steel the biggest impact they're uh, they're thinking of right now will probably be um, access to losing metals it sounds like so a few of the things that um, we'll be focused on uh, going forward in the next coming weeks i guess pat any closing words for our listeners today I tell you, I uh, well, first of all, I appreciate everyone's time and and uh, taking the time to listen to to Mike and I this week, and and uh, please don't hesitate to give us a call. Uh, we did not take a deep dive today on on uh, marketing strategies and uh, approach for individual commodities, but sure would would look forward to that opportunity to have that discussion on an individual basis. Thank you, Pat.